It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by TeePublic.com for the t-shirt lovers and the t-shirt designers who like to have fun, laugh, look good, feel comfortable, get good jobs, get sweaty dancing, and go home with someone who also does those things. And we love TeePublic.com so much that we created our own store with all of our fun t-shirts and everything on TeePublic, including the BGN Radio store right now is on sale. $14 for all of the t-shirts that we have on there. Just go to bgnradio.com, click on the store, and everything is there for you. Also, 15 to 25% off right now of all the accessories, mugs, stickers, phone cases, onesies, and a lot more. Just head to tpublic.com or, again, to bgnradio.com and click on the store. Yes, indeed. It is episode number 242 of the BGN Radio Podcast. And uh, what is going on, Bleeding Green Nation, as well? It is draft night for the Sixers as we're recording this at uh, 3.30 in the afternoon from the very beautiful... I mean, and by the way, Vince Quinn, who's on this episode with me here, along with Ben Natan, uh, just purchased one of the best milkshakes I've ever had in my life, and I want him to describe it thoroughly for me. And we'll get into that, but we are recording live from the WIP Studios here at 400 Market in Philadelphia. Vince Quinn, how are you this afternoon, sir? Well, after that milkshake, I am quite wonderful, Mr. John Partridge. <laughs> it does indeed bring all the boys to the yard. Uh, ben Natan, what's happening, buddy? I'm doing okay. I'm sitting in the piss sauna of New York heat. And <laughs> piss sauna. I've, I've just been having my computer open for the last three days, staring at the Sixers store, waiting for a Markel Fultz <laughs> shirt to go up so I can buy it. Um, but besides that, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Are you trying to infiltrate the draft tonight is, is, is my main question. Are you trying to try and sneak in there? Maybe, you know, get him a, a nice cheese and steak or steak and cheese, as I think he described it? No, I think I'm just going to sit at home and drink too much and then tweet at him. After the- <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fantastic idea, as usual. Yeah, so thank you very much. Uh, unfortunately, you will not be hearing a ton of Sixers talk, even though uh, we thoroughly enjoyed doing that on the radio show last week. And speaking of that, not going to be one to three on WIP, but four to six 
So a little, uh, a little into the dusk of uh, of uh, your Saturday night. We'll get you ready for that. That's this week with myself and James hanging out there. BLG still on vacation in Detroit, and uh, hopefully we can wish him well uh, very soon there. And I'll be live right after that, by the oh, way. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's from 6 to 10. Yeah. Yeah, the whole time. So uh, full party. It'll be a full BGN explosion of six hours of programming on uh, 94 WIP on Saturday. And uh, just as you heard in the right in the beginning of the show, uh, folks, you only have probably by the time you're listening, it's almost less than 24 hours as the BGN radio store is on sale. Uh, I, if you don't have an I Hate Ben Natan t-shirt at this point, I frankly don't know what you're doing. Or a Philly Blunt, or maybe the Wentz Wagon. There's a whole different selection. Or the the uh, the, the crown jewel of the Bleeding Green Nation store in the BGN radio store right now is the What's Going On t-shirt. So all there with the logo, some fun stuff. Uh, uh, Wensylvania, they're going uh, they're going fast and they're going furiously as all t-shirts are $14 thanks to T-Public uh, throughout the weekend here. And they will be... Uh, and also, uh, by the time you're hearing this too, go to BGN Radio uh, on the Twitter.com at BGN underscore radio as we are giving away a t-shirt a day. So if it's Friday and you're listening to this still and it is not 9 p.m., uh, go to our feed, and they will. There will be a pinned tweet up there uh, for a chance to win a, a T-shirt from the BGN Radio Store of your selection, your size, your color. You can do all those fun things thanks to tpublic. Uh, dot com. And of course, if you are out there listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, or anywhere else out there in the RSS feed world, uh, please rate, subscribe, and review. As the five star reviews do go a very long way, gentlemen. Uh, there isn't a lot of Eagles news as. Um, it, it is it is climbing into somewhere special, and uh, I, it's a it's a good time because most of this show is going to be a mailbag show. But it's it's time to get a little weird, right? Because uh, it's uh, <clears throat> highway to the dead zone. <laughs> and then uh, thanks to Kenny Loggins and this beautiful karaoke version, uh, we hope that there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of different stuff. In fact, Ben, I remember one of our one of our favorite. Uh, dead zone shows was I think it was about a hundred shows ago, but we all just for seven to ten minutes just cursed up a storm and said loud things about why we hate the NFL. You remember doing that? Yeah, I think I I said some really mean things about Jay Gruden, and I still don't apologize. <laughs> for any of them. So we'll we'll do that. Um, and I know that there was a lot of people that had asked, "Hey, what's going on with this uh, this summer gaming club that's happening?" So throughout the month of July, as we're getting ready for uh, training camp and things like that. It officially starts on the 24th, but nobody's going to be there till the 27th. We'll be down there every single day doing a lot of fun stuff, but leading up to that, maybe we'll throw together a Madden tournament, and the winner of that gets to come on the podcast and, and hang out and, uh, and you know, takes and maybe yell what's going on and things like that. I know many people have been asking that. We have it for uh, Xbox, and we have it for the PS4. I think they're both named in the same way. I think, the, what, PlayStation has it a little differently. They're not called clubs. They're called groups. Or something like yeah. that on the PSN. So, uh, yeah, Philly Twitter Gaming Club. Just search both of those on both platforms. We'll all be there. I'm a big Overwatch guy as well. Titanfall 2, things like that. FIFA. We'll, 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 whatever you're doing, I'm sure that there will be a ton of us that are like, yeah, let's go Let's go play some games. I know Ben's a big Battlefield guy. Yeah, uh, Battlefield's Battlefield. the best. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll get together and do all that. So, Serge, I'm Bono hit my car, by the way, all spaced out if anybody's looking for me. And if I don't add you, I'm sorry. I just sometimes I don't have enough time. But during the month of July, I should have plenty of time to play some video games. So we're excited about that. Uh, some NFL news, though, here, gentlemen. That's what we really want to talk about as it relates. And we're going to play 
somewhat hypothetical because I, I can't believe, I don't know if this quarterback market is ever going to reset itself. Because now Derek Carr today, what is $25 million, right? That's $25 million over five years. Vince Quinn, will the quarterback market ever reset itself? Or is this going to continue to get higher and higher and higher and higher? Well, it will eventually, but it's the question of who's the guy that's going to be the person that sets the entire market backwards? Because I thought it was going to be Joe Flacco. He won that Super Bowl. He got really hot for a couple of games. Dear God, he got paid. I mean, this was, what, (laughs) 2012? He got paid something like $23 million a year. It was like, really, Joe Flacco? But, But they felt like they had to because... He just won the Super Bowl, had that great streak, and he was the quote-unquote franchise guy. I thought that would do it, but he's played fine, and the market's gone up for quarterbacks, so the contract isn't as atrocious now. But there's going to be one guy, I guarantee it, in the next couple of years where some team, for whatever reason, maybe hits the free agent market, like a Kirk Cousins. Imagine Cousins in the free agent market. If Derek Carr is getting $25 million a year and Cousins hits the free agent market, he could very well get twenty eight. Oh, yeah, and, and Ben, this is where I come back to. I don't think that Washington, at this point, can afford to not pay Cousins around the same amount, and I think that this actually helps him get that contract from Washington. I know I apparently you know, talks have been ongoingly positive, but it's Dan Snyder, and you never know what's going on in his little tiny stupid head. So, But I think that would be – that's the kind of thing you're hoping for, too, in this offseason – is that they buckle down and they go, yeah, we'll give you 23, 24 if Derek Carr is making that. And if you just go by Derek Carr's stats, obviously if you're looking with your own two eyes and you realize like, okay, yeah, I understand why the Raiders would do that. But what is going to be the argument, do you think, now for Kirk Cousins and his contract here, Ben? It really just comes down to like, can you play the quarterback position competently? And and I actually I disagree with Vince because – I think that Joe Flacco's contract really set the market. I don't think that was like the I, – I, I never thought that that was going to be the breaking point. I thought like, all right, this is the new precedent. Like if you're a starting NFL quarterback who has shown that even in the smallest of, smallest of spurts can make your team competitive, you're going to get – you're going to get paid out the ears. And we've seen that over and over again with like marginal – like guys like Andy Dalton. Like Andy Dalton is not – you know, top 10 quarterback, top 15, How dare maybe you? at his, at, at his best. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, because he has the ability to make a team like relatively competitive, he's going to see that hundred million dollar contract that 20, 21, 22, 23. The thing is with Kirk Cousins is I don't I still don't actually know if he's good. Like I, I, yeah, I don't go know either. back and forth. Like, like, I don't think anyone actually knows how good. Well, actually, I take Cousins. that back. Ben, he's bad. He's oh, okay, he's good. he's he's I'm, he's never gonna be that he's never gonna be worth the money that anybody's gonna pay him. That's that's my. Oh, yeah. I mean that that's fair, but you could say that for a lot of quarterbacks. Oh, but sure. like, is he in like the Andy Dalton, Ryan Tannehill tier of NFL quarterbacks? Just like, a touch above. Probably, I think he's yeah, just a touch probably, above. Yeah, that's probably where he's at, and like that's gonna mean like twenty three, twenty four, twenty five million dollars. And obviously, what's gonna happen is like whoever gets paid most recently is gonna be the new watermark. And I and and I don't know when the NFL is going to reset, especially since the cap is supposed to be going up too. I mean, these guys are going to get paid more and more and more. The only thing that I really think can change the dynamic is if teams start going back to like a ground and pound style. Uh, And we're seeing more and more teams kind of going back to the value of the running back, you know, three straight years we have, we've had running backs taken in the top 10 next year is probably going to be another one with either Saquon Barkley or or Darius uh, Geis. 
So, I mean, maybe teams are getting more and more comfortable, you know, running the ball 350 times a year with, with, with a lead back, something like that, um, in order to kind of offset some shortcomings at the quarterback position. That's really the only thing that could do it. But, I mean, we're still in a – I mean, look at, look at Mike Glennon. Like, Mike Glennon got paid a $45 <laughs> yeah, a million, point. $15 million in guaranteed money, you know, to be a backup quarterback, essentially. Um, and that's, Not that and Philadelphia's that's, had a problem with that at all. The past oh well, years. no. Well, and the thing is, the thing <laughs> is that I'm I'm waiting to see with Mike Lennon is Mike Lennon's going to play out this year, you know, maybe play like eight games um, before the Bears decide to go to Trubisky, um, and then like I could see him getting traded after this year because his guaranteed money's up after this year, and then the team that trades for him, or if Chicago cuts him and he goes to another team, that team's going to pay him even more. Uh, so teams are just like teams are willing to pay whatever for like even upside that they themselves invent with these quarterbacks. So I don't I don't see anytime soon these guys pay, getting paid any less. Well, the other thing is and I think what leads to quarterbacks eventually getting paid less is like even with that, you know, Flacco contract anybody. Once they get paid, teams get bailed out of it because the salary cap is always going up. So the percentage that that contract takes as bad as it might be, it keeps going up and so the value of that contract goes down. And when it gets to a point, because think about it, they're giving an extra, on average, something like 8 to $10 million a year. So if you're giving 32 teams $10 million every year in increase in spending, you're generating $320 million more that you can afford to give out to the players. That's a ton of coin. And there's going to be a point where that stops. And teams are going to pay as if it's not. And once that quarterback contract becomes monstrous and the caps stop going up, or I mean, and it's happened before, the cap goes down for a year, then you're going to get this oh crap moment and then everyone's going to see how dangerous and deadly it can be and then you'll see the market scale back at least a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I think that there might be something to that, but I don't, and maybe that's probably my presumption because I don't see the cap going down in the next two, three, four, maybe even five years of this unless something really changes uh, you know, <laughs> overall or like there's a controversy or just like people just stop watching the NFL for, you know, in a, an absorbent amount of time other than just this kind of past off season. Well, ratings were low this year. Yeah, I know. If it, if that becomes a trend, then maybe that can, happens and they're like, okay, don't spend as much money. You can't have that much money anymore. Um, I, I, I think it's I think it's ridiculous that NFL teams have caps to begin with. I mean, the NFL is I the most too. profitable league yeah. of any of the big four sports, and yet football players get paid the smallest piece of the pie of any big four athlete. Um, in the country, and that is that's absurd. And they have to uh, wait four years before they can. They have to they have to go through four years most of the time. If you're lucky, three, and get the shit beat out of them from yeah. ages eighteen to twenty two, making no if money. You make it through, yeah. And and just pray and hope, like uh, like Reuben Foster, that you'll just get drafted, get your contract signed, and then go have surgery. You know, right. it's it's crazy. Oh. That's a whole set. We could, you know, what? That's a good off season topic because I I'm always willing to talk about that. What I what I do want to know is. I, I, and I, I think I, I fit somewhere in between the middle of, uh, of all that in the where the quarterback spectrum is going to go. I, I do think that it is gonna, going to start becoming a running back league based on both of your theories. You know, if, if both of those things happen, and there will be somebody that is Sam Hinkie-ish that comes along in the NFL and just goes, no, I, I think it's we're going we're gonna to zig when everybody else is zagging. If everybody's overpaying for quarterbacks, then I'm going to go find – 
I'm going to go find running backs, and I'm going to find them in the first round. I'm going to find them in the fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh in UDFAs, and I'm going to stack and stack and stack those things until we have this ultimate ground-running game like the Falcons or uh, we want to run like Dallas or the offensive line, and it's going to go back to that old-school feel for a while. I do think that might happen if if that cap does go down and, and there is a panic in there. What is this? Well, do- John. Well, go ahead, well, buddy. Well, John, and, and uh, I don't I don't mean to bring up like an enemy of the show, but like <laughs> isn't that kind of what the Cleveland Browns have been doing? Yeah, uh, basically. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's what that uh, it is there. And if they kind of just wait and waft through, they're I think they're doing that at the same time. They're they're going yeah. okay. We're not going to put a ton of resources in a quarterback, but we're going to scoop like three or four of them. And right. just hope and we get lucky. We have, and eventually, if there's like a surefire guy, then then you pull. I I like that. I I think that you know I'm I'm the type. I mean, you know, part of the reason I love Chip Kelly so much is because I love seeing the old farty you know NFL <laughs> traditionalists get really like sweaty and upset about stupid things. <laughs> um, so I would love like the Cleveland Browns to like play Moneyball and then for it to work out because like people are getting so upset about it. Oh um, yeah, it's yeah. Perfect. Even though that there's this built-in thing where I I do want to yell at Cleveland fans a lot because of the whole Wentz thing and yeah they, you know whatever they passed on him I want to enjoy that and and again it's every off season I think I've said this I'm still I'm still hope the Browns thing works out because it's different because it's 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 a new somebody's taking a chance and it's the old guard I like what I just like when smart ideas disrupt things. I'm a big fan of oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's why, in oh, the yeah, same way, absolutely. that's why I think I'm still to this day will always be a Chip Kelly homer. Absolutely. No matter, all, despite all his faults, all that stuff, that's why I love it. But I, I do want to know with this. It's just the two of us, you <laughs> and me. <laughs> I know. A, I, it's Nelson Aguilar and Chip Kelly, and, and there's like, we're just on a small, not, not Ben, I'm just saying like individual islands that there are only very, very few people on. What will this do, though? I, I, this is the other thing that kind of brought it, brought it around for us, Vince, is, all right. If if Derek Carr now in 2017 is making 25 million dollars, what is Carson Wentz going to cost you in three years? Well, yeah, and you you have to go through all of the other quarterbacks that are going to get contracts in that time. Uh, a guy who is incredibly average, and he's going to get a huge deal. Matthew Stafford. You're going to have Matt yes. Ryan, who's going to be getting a contract soon. Eventually, Aaron Rodgers is due for a new contract. Um, Russell Wilson will be due for a new contract. And at that, and think about this other thing, too. That same year, I'm not sure if Russell Wilson might be that same year, but uh, it's going to be Wentz and Prescott the same year up for a new contract. Whoever gets that contract first is going to be like, okay, well, I'm getting paid more than that guy. That's and our division rival. It's a division yeah, it's a, rival. For either guy, yeah. And they start, yeah, so to start the same time, they'll have, both of them will have pretty good stats, I think, in different ways, and you're going to have to pay both of them a ton of money. I mean, having those two guys come up at the same time and have that same free agent market or at least re-signing market, it's going to be incredibly interesting. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if that is, and, and again, is the things that we're talking about, is it possible, Ben, that both the quarterback market by the time that they both need to be resigned or whoever's around in that class as well? Maybe, yeah, Jared, will Jared Goff get a second contract? That'll be fun. That'll be a fun conversation. <laughs> yes, it will. Uh, but when yeah. those two things kind of intersect there of, okay, the top, let's just say Russell Wilson and all those guys that Vince mentioned, now they're making $28 million a year. Uh, or, you know, is that what, is it going to cost 29? 
by the time that they, this thing rolls around, is it going to cost? 30, will we see a thirty million dollar contract with either Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott? I think we'll probably see a thirty million dollar contract before it even gets to them, because even with all those contracts that Vince listed, you also have Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Oh yeah, then they're the, the year before. They're year really going to set the market. That's a yeah. great point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, both the thing is, too, with them is by the time they're both up for a contract, they're not even going to be, you know, through their 26th year. I mean, they're they're both incredibly young. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be something for their teams to consider. Whereas I think Mariota, not Mariota, I think Wentz is um, for his contract. Yeah, he'll be about 30. 20, he'll be like 27, 20, I think, when that contract comes up. Yeah. Um, 30. I just so made him that, 30 for no reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that scared me for a brief yeah, second. Yeah, I was like, wait, is he going to be 30? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. He's not um, Brandon Whedon. But the thing is, the thing is with quarterbacks is that it's hard. It's hard for there to be any one measure of what gets them paid, because even in the case of like Ryan Tannehill got his hundred million dollar contract before he took his team to the playoffs. Um, you know, Tyrod Taylor got his. I mean, Tyrod Taylor got like a hundred million dollar contract, but it's like a pay as you go contract. Yeah, but he Bobo. got that contract before he took the team to the playoffs, and. So it's not even a matter of when, like, the team could still be like an eight and eight, nine and seven team by the time he's up for a contract, and like they would still have to pay him, um, unless, you know, they said like this isn't good enough, we're gonna move on, which I highly doubt that. I mean, that's I don't think that's ever happened. I think the only time that something close to that has happened has been the Broncos saying no to Brock Osweiler, and I wouldn't even count that as as something like uh, you know something of that nature. Um, it's amazing so, how smart that was, by the way. I mean, not that it was like incredibly hard to go. Mm. I think I think Denver might have been the first guys to say no, right? Of yeah. of any NFL team that is was demanding that kind of money, and he'd been the 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 waiting in the wings, this you know, in the surefire going to be starter that's going to be around, and they're just like, ah, dude, we've seen you play. No, man, sorry, we'd that, rather go cheap out and get find somebody. Mark Sanchez, <laughs> that is Mark little- Sanchez, Trevor Simeon. You know, they yeah. got a, they got a whole crew. The other, the thing that I think will be really telling um, after this, you know, after the 2017 season, is uh, what the Vikings pay Sam Bradford, because they're going to have to pay Sam Bradford. I mean, they're Man. he's going to start the season, he's going to be Sam Bradford. They're going to go eight and eight, um, and at the end <laughs> of the season, you know, they're going to they're probably going to let Teddy go just because of you know, Teddy's health is kind of you know a ticking time bomb, unfortunately. Um, not that Sam Bradford's isn't. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a weird situation pay, I mean, that they gonna, both are. Ah. I mean, Sam Bradford is the king of failing up in the NFL. So, like, he's inevitably going to get paid. And, and watch him get, like, you know, a $22 million a year contract or something absurd like that. Um, and if he's able to walk away with that kind of money after an eight after two eight and eight seasons, then it's kind of set. Like, if you're a starting quarterback in the NFL and you're going into the next year as a starter, you're going to get at least $22, $23 million a year. So it doesn't really matter how good you are, actually or how much you elevate your team. Fellas, I think we need to start throwing the football. <laughs> you know, I think we just need to I think we need to get warmed up. I think we'll, uh, by the time that happens, see, well, that maybe that's what I was thinking cuz I'll be about 40. So, maybe they need a 40-year-old guy who's never played above high school football. You well, know, go in there. Uh, that's that's Well, the, the Jets thing, could you know, use I'm you. On, I've been on Tinder and I've been looking for athletes and then <laughs> I'm hoping that my kid's going to be really tall. And then I'm just going to immediately start playing catch with him as soon as he turns like three or four. Wait, are um, you are you trying to? Uh, I want I don't want to say uh, engineering. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah you engineering. Basically are. You are yeah. you are engineering, engineering your own draft uh, prospect. 
This is what yes. you're trying to do. And it's going to be really hard because I'm five foot nine and slow. <laughs> so we're going to figure it out. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll be a power lifter. I don't know, Vince, if I don't know if you've seen Ben lately, but uh, good Lord. <laughs> you mean uh, LeVar Natan? Yeah, LeVar Natan. There you go. That's your new well, name. Uh, Good. I'm, I'm here for it. Push but, those like, kids to the need, top, I need, man. I need. I, I got to make sure that this the person is like tall and has like a long history of athleticism in their family, and then we can make something work, and then I'll be a millionaire forever. Um, so yeah. Uh, or you could just get the kids to play baseball. Like that's the other thing. Like just play baseball. Yeah. There's because uh, there is no athletes in baseball. Yeah, and all the contracts no. are guaranteed. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I know people be like, hey, man, that's not – like, no, it's true. I mean, the last athlete to be in baseball was named Bo Jackson, and then that was it. And Deion Sanders, yeah. sorry. And then and then it left. Then there was no more athletes. And now there's Bartolo Cologne. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now dear God. You, you can't argue <laughs> athleticism when but when Bartolo Cologne at like 43 years old, 5'10", 350, yeah. is – is a pitcher even even Crucky was who was like 92 93 91 90 et cetera et cetera there's still athletes and I mean like he was able to hang with those guys so again you can't I mean just baseball is a, a great game uh there's just not a lot of athletes in them anyway uh so I'm a, I'm a two sport guy there's only two sports in existence for uh for my life well there's three so. yeah there's three for me but ever it's it's a crazy trying to I just you know what that's what we were talking about today too throughout just throughout everything all the different sports I know that, um, like the NHL thing yesterday. If I could just rant for two minutes, even though that I know we're we're going to stick to football here and take your questions in just a second. But like, I I cannot believe that I support an organization that puts on a, a an expansion draft and also awards and combines them together into one of the cl- clowniest clown car train wreck shows that I've ever seen in my life. And I just kept thinking to myself, why do I, there's a commissioner that hasn't been. Uh, you know, fired or resigned or kicked out, who's had two work stoppages during his tenure, and then they keep throwing this crap into into the mix. And I thought if the NFL did anything like this, it would fold. Why? Like I, I have no idea. I love hockey, and I and and yet the NHL continues to punish me over and over again, and I cannot stand it. But we want to take uh, your questions as well as. Uh, uh, there are we always ask every week for some uh, some Eagles ones, some weird ones. So we're gonna get definitely a mixture of both, as I've seen uh, a lot a lot of these different things. We're gonna start out with you, Mister Vince Quinn. This is good from a uh, former good friend Neil Dutton across the pond. And shout out to all the UK fans, by the way, because there are a, a ton, and where there is a small, even though a couple of years ago I, I wanted nothing to do with going to London. One day I do want to go to London so we can all meet up and, and have a have a great time. Maybe we'll just do that regardless. So all of the UK fans that listen to us, here's what I need you to do. Gather up, connect with one another, find us a meeting spot where all of you can be, and we will figure out a way to get out there. I think that's the most important thing to do. And this is important because Neil asked, what is your, what is your favorite thing or things about uh, England, Vince? Uh, well, my great, 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 great grandfather, grandmother, whatever it is, I'm I'm five percent British. Yeah, there you five. go, five. I uh, I am more than five. I'm like uh, I think I'm uh, at least in the thirty or forty uh, percentage range of, uh, of of being English there. So I've uh, unfortunately never been outside of the country. I've been to forty nine states. Never been to Mexico, never been to Canada, never. I, I, and I don't know why. It's probably because I didn't have a passport. But uh, my favorite things about England uh, are probably two stereotypes. Uh, the Cockney accent, I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> big fan of uh, the fish and chips and the malt vinegar. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, 
the sports cars, the uh, the landscape of how England is, and I know it's like gloomy all the time, and it's basically like a uh, hundred times worse than Seattle as far as cloud cover and things like that. But I I do enjoy the pictures anyway of like the city life, and then uh, you know just the the history of it because honestly, England has like that's the thing that's funny about Americans is like oh yeah our rich history. <laughs> and and just everybody in Europe just laughs at us because I mean you have you have buildings that have been there since you know twelve hundred and, and things like that things have been up since the, the the dark ages are there and that's the the history of England and Europe I think is especially cool Ben do you have any favorite things about England Oh I have a lot of favorite things about England Hit okay. me. Uh, uh James Bond oh yeah um, oh yeah if we're going that of course yeah. yes yeah yeah uh, William Shakespeare um, cop out boo. Boo, boo you uh <laughs> shepherd's shepherd's pie oh yeah shepherd's pie's um, up there bangers and mash bangers oh yeah bangers and mash. i like okay so people really give english food a ton of crap but they got i mean i think the english and the germans really have food figured out just like a ton of meat and then a ton of potatoes like that's all that's yes. all you need yes. that's all you need um it's well perfect. the french the french it. do too butter bread wine and that's yeah that's it right so, yeah. and then dessert no it's uh, the, the french <laughs> and the cigarettes got it figured out um all right other things uh the sex pistols um oh uh, fu- you know here's my hot take fuck the sex pistols okay. fuck them <laughs> they were never punk they were a fucking a bunch of guy crazy guys that everybody just threw together fuck those guys fuck them oh, sex man. pistols are terrible they're not terrible, wow, but I just is, I, 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 I hated, I hated their fakeness of like, oh yeah, we're we're against the system, and there's some guy pulling the strings in the back. Fuck the Sex Pistols, Henry Rollins for like Black Flag, American Punk. There you go. Mm. Um, and uh, and then Jeremy Corbyn. That's uh, that's that that I like. That's yeah, I like their new, <laughs> nice. their new, their their new almost prime minister. So yeah, that's that's it. That's what I like about the British. Uh, all right, Ben. Uh, sticking with you, this is from uh, Thad Earl James Scott. The Eagles' fifty-three man roster enters a battle royale match. Who's coming out of that thing? Number one, Jason Peters. Jason Peters. Are you kidding, in- me? Are you kidding <laughs> me? Who the hell would beat Jason? Pe- no one would beat Jason Peters in a fight. I would take Jason Peters in a fight against death himself. <laughs> Do you are you on board with Jason Peters here, Vince? Uh, no, and it's a great wrestling storyline actually because Ooh. the person that dethrones Jason Peters is none other than his understudy, Lane Johnson. <laughs> oh, right, Lane I Johnson with the cha- with the chair underneath, like he's just laying down there the whole time. See, I don't see I because it's it's a Royal Rumble. You know, you're going to get some flexibility in the ring here. Jason Peters isn't climbing that turnstile. He's not climbing up in the corner and jumping off the ropes. Lane Johnson has a little more athleticism to do that. All right, I have a question, though. Is this Lane Johnson with or without the the performance-enhancing drugs? It's without, but he's a little leaner now, and therefore, (laughs) if it comes to figure four leg locks or doing a moonsault, he steals it from the Hardy Boys. Like He can do those things now because he's a little more sleek, just a little bit. Yeah, I like that. I think the – I like the matchup. I think that's a great storyline where it's Lane and and Jason. And Jason (laughs) Peters is kind of more or less the undertaker because he's the old guard and he's been in there for a while. Uh, I think what happens at the end of that match, I, I I also declare Lane Johnson the winner, but not on his own. Who is there underneath the ring the entire time after he gets eliminated? He just sneaks in there. It's Vinnie Curry with the chair. By God! And he just smacks he just smacks uh, Jason Peters in the back of the back, and then they do a double team, and the ref isn't looking in a one two three pin. And there's Lane Johnson. But SummerSlam is going to be great because there's going to be a rematch for that title. Uh, this is from <laughs> Flower and Garcia Pub. 
which member of the Eagle Squad would you want to be your best man, Vince Quinn? Ooh. Um, okay, well, they've got to be charming, but not more charming than me, mm-hmm. naturally, because uh-huh. I'm the star. It's my show. Yeah. Um, let's see here. But they do have to be a good speaker, and hmm. It's tough. I'm not going Wentz. I'm throwing him out in the gutter as much as I love him. He's, <laughs> he's not always gonna... too much the star. You know who it's going to be? Might, well, he might dance. Like that. Oh, That's yeah. Stuff. we got to get into that before oh, the end we'll of the get show. Into but, yeah. I, I want smart. I want sophisticated. I want classy. I want well-spoken. I want Malcolm Jenkins. Oh, that's a, that's a very nice selection. Plus the fashion tips that you're going to yeah. need. Exactly. He would look great. Oh, and I perfect. would look great because of him. Definite <laughs> best man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> ben, who's your uh, best man? Yeah, I would. I'd pick Malcolm Jenkins too. I'm terrified of the fact that he probably would upstage me at my own wedding. Though, but. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with the new one, Matt Collins. Matt Collins is 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 Ooh. nice, in, uh, and he would the family would love him. So, uh, and he's gonna really get tall. a yeah, really tall. But he's gonna get a date at my wedding if he does. It doesn't have a date already. So. You know, very charming, very charming. There you go. Uh, I can't. I can't have my best man be that much taller than me. I, <laughs> You're gonna like, have a problem then, Ben. Well, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is my best man's going to be Darren Sproul. <laughs> oh, there the you go. And, and Donnell Pumphrey. I'm just going to have the two of them, you know, just hanging side out. by side. Oh, and by the way, uh, shout out to the Eagles for putting up his Pop Warner footage uh, on his birthday. That was amazing because, like, he still runs the same exact way that he did when he was eight as he does uh, right now in his 30s. So uh, the same size. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I think so. That's why he was so dominant in, uh, in Pop Warner there. Uh, this is from Casey Young. When is a future Eagle Kyle Fuller coming over here, or where is he going to join the list of greats uh, like uh, Frank Gore here, Ben Natan? I don't think he's going to come over here. I think the team is pretty happy with the group of cornerbacks they have. I think the I think the Bears are going to cut him and then they grab him. Okay. I think I think the Bears uh, are going to be done with him at the end of at the end of of, uh, of uh, the preseason here, but Vince. Yeah, I think if it doesn't happen by next offseason, it doesn't happen. Because at that point, then you're going through all these projects and Sidney Jones and Douglas and Mills, and you're getting a better idea of who they are. And it gets to a point where Kyle Fuller will be a little bit older at that point, and you want to go with the youth and the guys you've had in the system. If he's not here to compete next year, it's not happening. Uh, this is coming from uh, Steven Reyes, and this is uh, me and Ben pretty much answered this already, so I'm going to start with Vince on this one. Okay. Uh, if uh, if you guys were stuck on a desert island together, how long would it take before you started finding one another attractive? Oh, man. Uh it would be on the romantic boat ride over there. That's- <laughs> Wait, we're on a we're, we got a, yes. we, we got a boat to a desert island. We did we planned that out. Yeah, we we didn't we booked it on eBay and it just it didn't go well. <laughs> you know, it, it we got screwed. It was <laughs> the captain is is not he doesn't even have a he has two peg legs and uh and three parrots and he's super annoying and he drops us off on a desert island but you know what i'm so repulsed by the captain that i'm so into you guys and i <laughs> i don't even need to touch the sand i'm in let's go uh i can't i can't top that answer cuz we i mean i think ben's ben and i's answer was like yeah probably about 4 minutes yeah <laughs> <laughs> but vince did a fantastic job of doing that so uh slicing back into some egos questions offensive line depth this coming from uh, our Captain Sid with uh, two D's at Captain Sid. Often uh, the offensive line. Who do you think makes the roster? It, will Chance Warmack stick around? Uh, and yes, I just wanted to make that pun. Uh, I don't know what the pun was. I think I'm stupid. 
I think oh, you read it wrong. Any chance of Warmack sticking around? There you I go. did read it wrong. Fantastic pun. I uh, I am dumb. And uh, Ben, uh, who do you think is? Well, let's put it this way: Will Chance Warmack make it? Uh, and who's not going to make it? I think that Chance Warmack makes it because I think that he has a career renaissance uh, with with uh, Coach Statlin, and who leaves in his, uh, probably. I guess that'd be Barbara leaves. Yeah, yeah, Barbara probably. And see, the funny thing is, I think they're about the same amount of money, uh, and uh, I I think that he, that's who he's going to have to beat out, though. I think if yeah. Barbara has a strong preseason and he has kind of like an iffy one, I I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's a, that's the downfall of the one year contract because they're like, all right, well, we don't want to wait and see if this thing kind of pans out here. But uh, yeah, what do you think, Vince? Uh, Chance Warmack make the roster? Ooh, uh, if. You know what? I'm going to say he doesn't. And the reason he doesn't is because of a guy that they've been developing. It's going to be Dylan Gordon. Oh, yeah. He's been in the system for Yeah, there's, I mean, unbelievable amount of McBeefs in this. Uh, in this, Like, everything that we've wanted for three years and screaming, where's the offensive line depth? Where's the safety help? Where's this? Where's that? Uh, it, it's here. And now it's, like, going to be uh, a, a battle at, uh, at training camp. Uh, a follow-up, I think from, but this is coming from somebody else. This is from uh, Raw uh, Rog Moto, uh, and uh, of course, uh, how how long until this is going back to the Desert Island question? How long until one of you starts to look like a burger, and the other one starts to look like a drumstick, and then somebody else starts to look like a steak? Uh, yeah, well, basically, when will we eat each other, Ben, on the Desert Island? Uh, how, how long did it take for us to get romantically involved? Four minutes. <laughs> about four minutes. So. Well, I'd say most by of dinner my relationships time. Relationships last about sixty minutes, so I'd probably put it at sixty-five minutes. It's a Tinder generation now, Vince. Tinder. How how long before you eat me? Uh, I'm not the best fisherman. I try, <laughs> and so because of that, our odds are not great. Within probably within two days, I've thought of it, and within a week, I'm gnawing your leg when you're asleep. Yeah, I'm the first one to go to because I'm the fastest. So unfortunately, that's where uh, that's where all the 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 I actually like I like gamier meat. I'd probably eat Vince first. <laughs> yeah, but then you'd be like, "Oh God, that was not as good as I thought it was going to be." All right, John, you're next. <laughs> uh, from our good friend Juan Galvis uh, at Juan L Galvis, and he is one of our Patreon subscribers and a producer of this fine show. And you can too at the Patreon.com/slash BGN Radio, as we will be debuting, uh, not debuting rather, but uh, having a really fun time with our old friend Patrick Wall. Who and you might be wondering why he hasn't been on the podcast like oh in forever, and that's because he's becoming a famous rock star and he just got done with the tour. So we're going to be uh, doing Eagle After Dark uh, with him and BLG's coming back from Detroit. So I'm sure he's going to have some good stories and we'll get into a bunch of stuff too. Now I haven't seen this, so I'm already at a disadvantage. But I guarantee Ben Natan has seen this movie. So you're stuck in Zombie Land here, Ben. Uh, who uh, from the crew are you taking as your Woody Harrelson? As your Emma Stone, and who is the little sister? All right, dynamically, I need to figure out like what is what. Um, <laughs> my Woody Harrelson. Okay, wait, from from the BGN crew? Yeah. So, like, who fits the mold from the BGN crew in Zombieland? Okay, those three okay. folks. Woody Woody Harrelson would probably be BLG because he's the grizzled vet. Um, <laughs> And then Emma Stone is the pretty one. So Patrick. that's you. Oh, I was oh. gonna say that's Ben. That's yourself. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, Patrick is too I, pretty, so that's that makes sense. He, he is too pretty, and then uh, I get—I mean, I'm the little sister, if anything. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I mean, who's the Jesse Eisenberg of that group? Is the real question. Vince Quinn. That's easy. He's Eisenberg. Oh, okay. Yeah, Perfect. no doubt about that's it. Our, that's, our, that's our zombie killing squad. There you go. Have you seen Zombie Land at all? I saw it like eight beers in, but I saw it. Yeah, I was there. It's a good movie. It's a, we were in the same really room, fun. me and that movie. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, jumping back into the Eagles, Miss uh, Durr, I should say, because uh, there's, oh, he's got a very lovely uh, avatar in there. He's got his, oh, he's got him and his girlfriend making the heart symbol. It's very sweet yeah. of you guys to have that in there. Aww. Did you just say, ooh, Ben? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> you, well, I'm looking at it. Listen, it, you can flip through t- uh, twin or t- Twinder. Uh, yeah, I was just about to combine uh, Twitter and Tinder. Which Twinder? I, Twinder sounds. Like I, I haven't done that already. It's it's Tinder twin for twins. <laughs> Delete Sorry. the podcast. This is our no, new idea. Uh, yeah. Corbin Springer is saying: Is Jordan Matthews getting underrated by a lot of fans? I still see him as a high end number two option at wide receiver. Uh, Vince Quinn. No, I don't think he's underrated. Or over, yeah, I don't know. He's under, yeah, underrated. under, yeah. He's definitely not underrated. He is a pretty good slot receiver, and that's where he's going to stay. He's he's no better. He's no less. He's probably actually because it it's weird with home fan bases. You're usually going to overrate rather than underrate. And Matthews is actually a guy that's very appropriately rated. I think I think people have a pretty good grip on him. I think with uh, the possible like trade rumor talk it's caused a lot of people to go yeah just get rid of him combine that with some new wide receivers and Alshon being here and Tory and you know Mac and all those guys I think it's like well we don't really need him and everybody's jumping on the Nelson Aguilar is going to be awesome uh in the slot kind of bandwagon even though I'm kind of stirring that pot a little bit uh I I I would say he's I would man it's tough I'm gonna go with he's still slightly a little bit overrated uh, that's my take. I don't think he's a number two anywhere in this league. I think he's a number three, and that's my take, Ben. As Jordan Matthews' agent and biggest <laughs> fan, I'm going to say that you guys are all full of shit. Because, <laughs> because no, no, no. Because listen, like Jordan Matthews, I think he's. I think that's uh, what Corbin said is uh, exactly right. He's a he's a number two wide receiver, but he hasn't had the same quarterback season to season in his entire career. And he hasn't hasn't had the opportunity to do that. And I think that given the opportunity as like the number two guy, I think his best season to date is probably still his rookie season um, because there was a Jeremy Macklin there who's stretching the field for the team. He could just work as this slot receiver. He's really good at getting yards after the catch, a lot better than people uh, give him credit for. So now in this offense, you have Alshon Jeffrey, you have Torrey Smith stretching the field. I think he's still going to be second on the team in targets um, at least. And I think you're going to see his efficiency go way up. He's going to turn in his best season this year. And if the, the Eagles are going to – I think it's so stupid that we've been trying to look for viable wide receivers for this team for such a long time. We finally have a trio of viable wide receivers, and now everybody wants to trade one of them. That's like, that is the <laughs> stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard of um, personally. And I think that just like except the fact that he – I mean he's been more productive in his first two years of, of his career than like I think like any Eagles receiver ever. Um, so it's just a little bit – ridiculous the amount of like hate that's going on just appropriately rate him he's like he's like a good he's a very good slot receiver and he's like a he's a number two receiver like that's fine like we're we can call it that but people are like oh the eagles are fine to get rid of them i think that's just so stupid i I those are my feelings as his agent i i I mean i still think uh, whatever i it really again it comes down to if this 
if, if Tory and Nelson and Mac can kind of do the same kind of things that they've been doing in OTAs when they put on the pads and things like that, I think it's a a vastly different discussion. But uh, the the Jordan Matthews debate uh, continues on from our good friend Matt Gumbrecht, uh, also uh, Patreon subscriber. Well, and and mainly uh, part of the BGN Road Crew, who always tries to come out as much as possible during the season. By the way, we have some big news coming up from what we're going to be doing uh, with the uh, with you know all the remote shows that we're doing this week and. I got to tell you, for for eight weeks out of the year, this season is going to be some pretty cool shit. So <laughs> be prepared for that. Along with, uh, oh, I, I said this on the radio show, uh, we are going to finally launch into daily BGN radio. By the way, that's going to try. We're going to try and do that in August, and we'll have uh, two separate feeds. So the the feed that you're listening to us on will continue to just be the same thing, and then we're going to start another one with. All that stuff and including all of our daily uh, BGN radio stuff, which will be through Facebook and Mixler and also be podcasted all at the same time. So we're going to try and branch out and do a bunch of other stuff. But Vince Quinn, what is the, besides a Woodrow's cheesesteak, <clears throat> shouts to them as the best cheesesteak in the city, what is the best thing you've ever eaten in your life? Oh my God, that is such a tough question. Yeah. Um... Man, I eat like a dog is the biggest problem. <laughs> I just I just cram everything into my face in one in one gigantic mound. Uh, where have I been spoiled? That I guess is the the better question. Man, uh, I've had shit. Uh, I've had I've had filet mignon at some nice restaurants once or twice, and that's been amazing. I think yeah, this- I got to take you out, man. I because if if you're trying to go like, oh man, I have no idea. Then we got to take you to the like the most memorable meal ever because I have it on the top of my head. Ben, do you ha- do you have a, a best thing you've ever eaten in your life? Yeah, I, I'm a simple I'm a simple man. Um, I have you ever been to Long Beach Island? There's a place called Neptune's, and they have the best hamburger ever. <laughs> um, so either that or there's a barbecue joint in the West Village in Manhattan called Mighty Quinn's, and oh, that's hey. the best part. Best best barbecue you can get uh, get in the Northeast at like and it's like you can eat so much food and the beer is really good there and I'm a simple I like I just like just give me a lot of like meat and like starch on a plate and I'm I'm a happy camper because Ben's a simple kind of man Wow did you hear my voice that back high there? note was, that was great good. that was good Wow <laughs> holy shit <clears throat> so uh, my singing career is going off without a doubt. And uh, I, the best meal I've ever eaten has actually happened right here in the city at Laurel. It is, uh, is Chef Nick over there, who is one of the guys that won Top Chef uh, throughout his throughout his career. Had I we we booked reservations right before like uh, the season had uh, was just about to end, and um, we found out that he was opening his restaurant, and somehow we got in there um, right after you couldn't get a reservation for like the next eight months after the show aired, and literally he served. Tuna, chicken, meat, and all sorts of other different things using, uh, you know, old school techniques, modern techniques, some, uh, you know, some of the uh, the hydrogen, uh, the, the googly stuff. Uh, yeah, sure. Hydrogen, said, yes, of course. Yeah, the hydrogen googly stuff. Uh, Laurel, if you can get in there and you're in Philadelphia, it is one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. And I suggest you do so. That's on the East uh, Passyunk wave of new things that are coming in there. So it's delicious. Uh, back to some of the uh, some of the football stuff, uh, Ben. Uh, what do you see as the biggest challenges 
on the schedule this week? What are going to be the biggest games? This is from our good friend Jerome Bridgewater saying, I, I believe week two against the Chiefs is is probably the biggest one that uh, is out of uh, out of the jump here. Doug has uh, has to prove that he outsmarts Andy. Uh, and also the follow-up question is, would you guys rather lose two Super Bowls against the Pats and win one a year later versus the Steelers or just go there once and beat the Patriots? So let's start with the first question. Uh, ben, what do you see as the biggest challenge on the on the schedule? I think that ooh, that's a tough question. I think that playing in Dallas is going to be a the the biggest challenge just because like they're the team to beat not only in the division but probably in the conference at this point. Um, that might be a little bit of a hot take. Um, <laughs> but also, I, like I want to see. I, I think the Chiefs is a good good answer, and I want to see this team against like the Broncos too. Uh, because that's going to be a real test for this offense because the Broncos, I mean, between their cornerbacks and their pass rushers, uh, that's really going to put, you know, the, the team completely refurbished this offense uh, over the course of this past offseason and putting them up against, a, a, you know, an elite talent uh, of a defense like Denver is going to really kind of show where they're at. Vince, um, Vince you got the toughest, uh, toughest uh, thing on the schedule here? Well, the game that intrigues me the most is – Christmas Day, and they're playing the Oakland Raiders. That the twenty-five million dollar man that we were just talking about. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a game. I mean, Oakland was a team that was uh, they were what like thirteen and three. They had a great season last year. Derek Carr gets injured, and so they they limp into the playoffs. They start Connor Cook because they they just had nothing left, and and they peter out. But to be the Eagles and stack up like. Oakland is sort of where you want to be right now. You want to be a young team that's well-built, has a three-, four-year window to really go and win a Super Bowl. And for the Eagles to play that game and stack up at the end of the season when both teams should be running at their best, like that is a huge, fantastic challenge to be a part of. Yeah, that might be, um, man, I think, yeah, in that, <laughs> I mean, it's an obvious statement, but at the same time, like I think that determines... I think that Monday night game determines whether or not the Cowboys game is uh, is going to be for something or for nothing. I think that's that, like, and the Cowboys are going to be the ones to get through the division. There's going to be this huge crescendo of Dak versus Wentz at the very last game of the season in Philadelphia, and that's going to determine whether it means anything. I think that's uh, whether the Cowboys are getting into the playoffs or not. That'll be the spoiler. Like they can be spoiler, or it'll be down to those two or something like that. I'm going to go a little bit outside the box. I'm going to say the toughest game on the schedule is the very first week of the game, or very first week of the season against Washington. I think opening up uh, against them on the road is always a pain in the ass. RG three is not going to be here. Chip Kelly is not going to be there. It's not going to be like 2013, uh, but it will be with different weapons and different things. <laughs> and I, I just think between both of those franchises, where they have. Uh, a wide receiving core that looks completely different for Washington, and this well, the same for the Eagles too. Like, there's just going to be, it's going to be sloppy, it's going to be weird, and we're going to fight about a lot of things. Uh, and more so, I think we're going to have a, a gigantic overreaction to that week. I'm also going to slide in the Thursday night game against Carolina in October because I have this theory that Carolina is doing that flip flop thing where it's like, okay, we're going to be great, we're going to be bad, we're going to be great, we're going to be bad. Uh, and uh, depending on how long Greg Olson holds out, maybe I'll change my answer, but I still say those might be the uh, the toughest two on there. The Super Bowl question, which was, uh, <laughs> would, you, would you rather, Vince, uh, lose two Super Bowls against the Pats and win a year later against the Steelers or just win once and beat the Pats? This is a very strange question. 
I'll take whatever you want to give me. How's that? It, it is a strange <laughs> question. Um, I'm clearly beating the Patriots and walking away. Clearly. Yeah, I think I think I yes. like that too. Yes, that is the right <laughs> answer because fuck the New England Patriots. <laughs> And fuck Tom Brady. Wow, that's a... glad I can glad on glad I can come onto the show and say that. Thank you very much. <laughs> See, that's exactly why we're going to get romantic before the island. Oh yeah, that's you know right. that that answer, Ben. So yeah, it's like you. I don't want to build on the New England Holy dynasty shit. anymore. Timeout. Breaking news as we're doing this right here: the Chiefs have parted ways with General Manager John Dorsey. What? What, is, what the wow. hell? What the hell is going on? That that's coming from Greg Rosenthal uh, over at the NFL. That is why. That was tweeted out three minutes ago. What the hell's going on there? Clark Hunt says in a statement that he was told Dorsey is not getting his extension, and then the the two sides decided that they're not going to continue at all. So Glenn Dorsey, or I don't want, I always want to say Glenn John Dorsey is uh, with one year left on his deal coming into this. Thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes a lot of sense. What is the point what? of having a general manager on uh, knowing full well that he's not going to be there to to make those moves for his team. What a ridiculous thing to happen. Why would this happen now? Of all the things like when you when is this isn't this the thing you would want to short before you go into the draft next season? Well, yeah, you would want this season. You would want to do it in time to look and interview all the other candidates as well. I mean, they are so behind the curve now because people want new GMs to come in and run the organization to hire the head coach to do all the scouting before the draft, sign the free agents, do all of those things. They missed out on all of that. And so now they're going to do this at the worst possible time. I can get moving on from Dorsey because you look at the Chiefs and they had a pretty good run, but ultimately they're not they're not a Super Bowl team. And I can understand the change of direction. But man, to do it now, that's that's a really awful call. You think this has anything to do with Pat Mahomes, Ben? No. I, I think that if it's a mutual parting of ways. I'm just going to throw out a conspiracy theory and say that maybe Ted Thompson's going to be on his way out the door, and John Dorsey is a Ted Thompson uh, descendant, and he wants to go back to Green Bay. Wow, which uh, that's my which could just gonna kind of use the help to be honest. <laughs> so yeah, no, they definitely they definitely could. Uh, interesting. How about that? So uh, a little bit of breaking news as it's it's coming along uh, here. Um, this coming, yeah, I think I think I think Pat Mahomes too was definitely an Andy pick. Yeah. Oh, d- without it, without uh, a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I think that was definitely, I was definitely like Andy seeing like Donovan McNabb and Brett Favre having a child and, and falling <laughs> up with him. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm very, and, and it's so hard to because like uh, I'm 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 uh, extraordinarily biased because again Pat uh, Mahomes is an incredibly nice person. So uh, we're we're lucky enough to kind of <laughs> chat with him for a little bit uh, over the draft, and you're just like, how could you not fall in love with this kid? It's it's kind of a uh, I'm very curious to see how that situation works out in general. And now, now I don't know what uh, what uh, Kansas City does. It's pretty crazy. Oh my God! And, and in the same day, Andy Reid agreed to a, in a contract extension. What? That maybe that's what did it? Wow! I mean, wow. Maybe, maybe it's Andy getting full control too. Yeah. The I, mean, I, I wonder if that's it. Here. That's so crazy. So uh, I'm just trying to. Uh, yeah. Wow. So that that announced and then whammo. Uh, they got rid of the GM. So is man. I wonder if I wonder if Andy's painting himself again into a corner of like, please God Almighty, after win a Super Bowl, just let me run the fucking thing. He's doing that again. I wonder. Uh, wow. Wow. That's crazy. That's something. Uh, yeah. Like even uh, even Mike McCartney's tweeting this out too. He's like the Chiefs have fired Dorsey, and I haven't been this blown away by a move in my 26 years in covering the NFL. 
Strange. It's very strange. Well, I, I would love this. I can't wait for the GM fan fiction that comes out with Peter King over on Monday about uh, uh, releasing all this story here. Uh, all right. Uh, last question for us, boys. Uh, ben, who would you take on the uh, on the over for the wins in the 2017-18 season? Uh, the Eagles at uh, 9.5, the Flyers at 43, the Phillies at 65, or the Sixers at 45. I got to say, we get a lot of over-under questions a lot. Those are pretty awesome bars right there. Oh, yeah, that's that's fantastic uh, work by you there, John uh, John Boyles. Uh, so, uh, Vince, who do you think out of that group uh, hits the over there? Oof. Uh, looking at this group, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to hate myself for it, but the Flyers are going over. Over 43 wins? Yeah, I think they're going to do it. I didn't it. even know hockey played that many games. How many <laughs> games is there in a hockey season? 82, buddy. 82. Yeah, just How like... the hell can you guys watch all that? I'm sorry. <laughs> the same way we watch basketball. I watch both, yeah. and I, then I punish yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think the Flyers will do it, and honestly, I I think the Sixers are going to do it too. That was my pick. I, I, I think the Sixers are over on 45. I think they, I think they squeak out for like 47. Uh, some, somewhere around there, if uh, if Embiid stays healthy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have some faith and I'm gonna jump into that. I don't know. What do you think, Ben? The Eagles, uh, Eagles at nine and a half. You would you take ten wins right now? Gun to your head. Fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna be really I'm gonna be really optimistic about the Eagles because I feel like I'm always the negative Nancy about the Eagles. Um, I think the defense is gonna be really awesome this year. Uh, I think that the the offense is gonna be good enough. I think they're gonna find some balance. I think that. Carson Wentz is going to make like enough plays, um, and yeah, this team's going to win ten games, and they're going to they're going to be a wild card team in the playoffs. It. I hope that man. I hope you're right. I think that's going to be awesome if that's true. Uh, yeah, and and uh, and the Sixers. I think, and then the other two sports I will not watch. So, <laughs> and done and done. Uh, yeah. w- well, we appreciate everybody's uh, you know questions and uh, weird ones. Good ones. Oh, and uh, this is from at Philly Fan 333. If you guys come to L.A. for either game this year, will you hang out at Philly West and Westwood? And I got to tell you, yes, we would, because that is the only place, the only place. Me and my friend Andrew Baldwin, who's going to be a very famous writer-director, look him up. Uh, we would go to – that was where we stopped because it was the only place that served uh, a proper Philly cheesesteak. Uh, it didn't have the Eagles games, and it wasn't that big of a place. But, uh, yeah, we will – we're trying to drum that up. Uh, for sure, there's there's some rumblings happening. I would almost bank on us being there for the Rams game, uh, and we want to do a lot of different things of of uh, taking uh, taking the podcast on the road kind of each year, and we're trying to you know get all get all that stuff uh, prepared and ready to rock and roll. So uh, that being said, Ben Natan, uh, leave us with your final thoughts here, pal. It's really hot. Uh, stay inside, <laughs> and air conditioning might be bad for the environment, but it's really good if you sit on the air conditioning machine. So. Those are my final thoughts. All right. Uh, I got two final thoughts. One, I never thought I'd say this. I like a show on Bravo. I do. Um, there is a I'm show. I'm a Top Chef guy, so I like that. Yeah. Okay. So this show is called Andy Cohen's Then and Now. Oh, the Andy Cohen has his, has another 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 show now? Yeah, and it's it's a really good show. It's the only thing I've seen from him. Uh, the idea is, the, the only episode that I've seen so far is they look at a single year. So they looked at the year 2003. And they said how the trends and what was popular and new in 2003 affects what we have today. And it was really interesting because 2003 is, in a sense, uh, the birth of reality television as it's 
as it's seen now, with being really celebrity-driven and just following people's lives around. It started with this Michael Jackson documentary. It was pretty cool stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that show. And if you're into pop culture and all that kind of stuff, absolutely worth it. Good guess and everything. The other thing is... Uh, I'm the host of the Fine Upon Further Review oh, program yes, indeed. that we do, and all I'm going to say is next week, we've got something, I mean, if you've enjoyed the shows that we've been doing, we're going next level and then the level above that. We've got something great planned for you. It's going to be on a huge um, and sad and tragic Eagles milestone, and we'll have all of that for you next week, so stay tuned for that. Can I give them a little tease on who may or may not be on that show? Go ahead. I think we're going to have uh, uh, the world-famous uh, Angela Catali might be on that program. Yep. And also there might be Glenn and Ray stopping by. We're trying to get Seth Joyner. We're trying to get a whole bunch of other people dealing with with that thing that's uh, going uh, going to be. I mean, we might as well say it by now, but we're, we're going to keep it a semi-secret because it is an anniversary of a, a crazy incident that happened uh, with, uh, with the Eagles and it's fan base, but we got uh, we got a pretty good uh, show lined up there for so and uh, plus Vince did uh, he, the the whole story of uh, Rod Smart himself he hate me from the XFL that's his latest <laughs> upon further review and again that comes out every uh, Wednesday and there's a lot of good uh, great stuff in there if you, especially fantastic summertime uh, listening going on there as it goes through the whole spectrum of Eagles history, NFL history, and a bunch of other stuff. So uh, there is going to be uh, some more announcements to come uh, throughout. The, there's a, there is a lot of stuff on the burner, and there's a lot of really cool things, and I wish I could just shout them all out to you uh, right now, but things are still kind of uh, semi the, the final details of everything that's happening, but we got a lot of great stuff planned, uh, a ton of more events and uh, and even some summertime activities. And by the way, we are desperately trying. If everybody, here's what I want you to do. Here's my final thought. Uh, we have a thing set up ready to go for a G.J. Kenny retirement party. And he's not getting back to us. So I want all of Eagles Nation, everyone listening to this podcast, to tell your mother, tell your father, tell your uncle, tell everybody. Just tweet at G.J. Kenny and say, hey, the BGN radio guys have your retirement party already and set to go, just tell them when you can come out there because we have this great special thing planned. Everything is ready to go. We just need GJ to get out here. And I know he's busy doing the whole new coaching thing and things like that. But uh, we, we, we desperately are trying to uh, confirm when he can come out here. So everybody tweet at GJ and just say, hey, uh, the BGN radio guys want to throw you a party. Are you coming? And then uh, maybe we can figure that out through the summertime. So with that being said, I appreciate everybody listening to episode number 242 of BGN Radio. I am John Bartrand for Vince Quinn and the lovely Ben Natan. Thank you for listening right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. 